the 305th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Oh, way to worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champion. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here once again with you guys today. Got another press conference that we're going to come through as Huber Davis met with the media ahead of the game against Clemson that will come your way Saturday at noon Eastern over on ESPN2. So we're going to comb through that press conference play, in my opinion, his biggest uh, sound bites from his session with the media, and I'll give you my thoughts and, and, and reactions to what he had to say. Uh, we got some more notes, just a little bit more background of the matchup with the Tigers. But before we do any of that, we start every edition, as we always do, with our pod thought of the day. and We go to the GOAT, Michael Jordan, uh, with his quote being, Never say never, because limits, like fears, are often just an illusion. And I think uh, you know, something you could say about this team is they've never said never. They, they, they haven't quit. They haven't given in, even in their three losses. Um, and you know, we talked so much last year how this team looked afraid. They looked scared. They played tight. This team has never looked like that. Um, and you could argue there's more pressure on this team than last year's team because this team is tasked with making last year a distant memory. And the only way to do that is to win a lot of basketball games, make the tournament, and advance deep into the field. And, so far, I think we all feel like all that is very much attainable, um, and it's been a lot of fun to watch, and we really are just excited to see where this thing is going um, as the season does move along. And the next task for this group is the Clemson Tigers, a team that is ranked number 16 in the country. Um, they're 11-2 and two on the year. They are, they are coming off a loss at Miami earlier in the week where – 
They fell 95 to 82. They gave up 60 points in the second half um, in that road defeat. But this has been a really good team and a really quality team. And it's going to be a team that's going to challenge Carolina uh, on Saturday afternoon in Little John Coliseum. Historically, though, uh, Carolina has had their number. Of course, we all know that before a few years ago, Clemson had never won in Chapel Hill. But, you know, Carolina's been as equally dominant away from the Smith Center, away from Chapel Hill. Um, you know, they're 135 and 23 all-time against the Tigers. They are 30 and 15 in Little John Coliseum. Uh, and that's pretty impressive given how rowdy that environment can be. No matter how good Clemson is, whenever Carolina comes to town, it's a tough place to go play. And especially when the Tigers are good, it's a tough place to go play. And overall in Clemson, Carolina is 41 in 18. Um, and this will be the, the 20th time that these two teams meet as ranked opponents. Carolina 16 and 3. The last in the previous 19 matchups when both of these teams were ranked. So even when Clemson's got a number beside their name, you know, history does favor Carolina, but none of that matters going into this game. Uh, you know, history is history, and what's happened in the previous 138 matchups isn't going to dictate what happens in this one. And as we transition now to the main point of why we're here, that Hubert Davis press conference, he was asked right off the bat his thoughts about this year's Clemson Tigers team. Well, I mean, it's a typical Clemson team, very physical, uh, great defensively. They do an outstanding job of protecting the paint, rebounding, uh, make it hard coming off screens. We're going to have to set our man up and be able to create space, be able to catch the ball where we want to, uh, set solid legal screens. Um, they just do a really good job defensively. If they don't offensive end, you know, they just have tremendous versatility. They've got, you know, obviously, you know, haul down low in the post, but they've got other bigs that do a great job of sealing and posting up and scoring around the paint. And then, you know, having guys like Gerard that can it's not even just open shots. It's just he can just shoot it. Yeah. Um, he can make shots. And so uh, we're excited about the challenge of, of playing them and uh, playing them on their home floor. And they'll be, um, we're excited about the opportunity to compete against them. Look, we know Hubert's not going to you know, use his time with the media to belittle any opponent, um, especially one that is ranked, and look, I've, I've been one that's made my, my jokes and had what I've said what I've said about Clemson uh, because I, I've seen this act time and time again where they're good in November, good in December, nowhere to be found in January or February. It's a good basketball team, um, and they're playing as, as well as anybody in the league. Um, you know, I, I've watched Duke enough. I've watched Miami enough. I haven't seen Wake Forest enough to have a good feel about the Deacons, but this Clemson team is fun. They compete hard. They're not as good as they've been defensively under Brad Brownell, but they're as dynamic and as explosive as they've ever been offensively, which I think is why this is 
this is going to be a fun matchup uh, because typically it's a Carolina team that wants to run against a Clemson team that doesn't want to run. And now this is a game that will feature a Carolina team that is built to run against a Clemson team that is built to run. And, um, so it, I think it's why we're all excited about the brand of basketball we're going to see in this ballgame. A big reason why Clemson is as good as they are is they're really good from the perimeter, shooting 39% um, from deep as a team. They've got six guys that shoot 38% or better on the roster, so they, they can do it with a multitude of different guys. And Huber was asked about what makes them so dangerous from outside. They can score consistently down low on the paint, and so it causes a problem. You know, whether you want to play one-on-one or, you know, a lot of teams have doubled the post, and, and that opens up things on the perimeter. And, and when you have type of shooters that they have that can consistently knock down shots from the outside that not only allows them to shoot from the outside, but opens up driving opportunities off of closeouts. And so, um, you know, they're a team that, that can score at the free throw line, they can score close to the basket, and they also can shoot the ball from three. And so that really stretches you defensively, but um, it's something that, you know, that we've played against before, and we'll have to do a good job in order to compete against them. You know, you, you look at these coaches that are perimeter perimeter oriented, and they they want to take and make a lot of three point shots. It all starts with pressuring the rim, making the defense collapse, getting into and living at the foul line, and then it, you know building and extending your offense from there. And this Clemson team is no different. It's the exact same thing. They want to put pressure on the rim. They want to get to the foul line um, because then it just opens everything up from the outside. Carolina's going to have their hands full. Um, This team isn't as explosive or as dynamic maybe as UConn and Kentucky, but they can put the ball in in the net, Uh, and they're not going to be afraid to let it fly. Carolina's communication has been really good. Their on-ball pressure defense has been really good since the Kentucky game. It's going to be need. It's going to need to be good in this game. And their switching is going to have to be as pristine as as crisp as it's been all year long. And make sure that when they're fighting over ball screens, they're taking away shooting alleys from these these Clemson shooters like Joe Girard the third that can let it fly from, you know, 30 feet away or so. Um, and, and uh, to, you know, to me, this is this will be a make or break in, in this game for Carolina. Uh, I think Clemson's too good of a team to hold them to 5 of 29, like you did with Pitt the other night. But you got to go out there and you really got to compete on that end of the floor um, and, and make sure you're as locked in as you've been defensively at any point so far this season. Moving along here as we continue to come our way through Hubert Davis's pre-Clemson press conference. He was asked about the maze coaching against Brad Brownell and how underrated he's been both maybe in the ACC and nationally. Well, he's one of the better coaches in the country. Um, you know, I've I've seen him even, you know, the times that he was at UNCW. Um, um, just 
a terrific coach in terms of X's and O's, outstanding um, uh, motivator, teacher. Um, all of his teams are sound, great defensively, rebounding the basketball, and so um, he's not underrated in my book. I, you know, even when I was with the ESPN, he was one of one of the coaches that I really enjoyed going to practices and um, announcing their games because I felt like I learned a lot, and um, it's an honor and a privilege to be one of uh, alongside him as one of the coaches representing the ACC. You know, I've had my qualms about Brad Brownell, you know, this generation's Rick Barnes of Clemson's basketball guy that has done a lot in the regular season, not done a lot in the postseason, but along the way has never been afraid to challenge Carolina. You know, I think we all remember that game in 2017 where he put his finger in Roy Williams' face. Uh, thankfully, at the time, I didn't have a podcast and a platform Um, to express my views on the matter because they they wouldn't have been very kind. When you look at it from top to bottom, you know, when you look at what Rick Barnes has did, and look, Oliver Purnell was a really quality coach there in the mid-2000s. You know, Brad Brunell's, you know, overachieved and exceeded reasonable expectations for that program, given that uh, during his time, Clemson football really rose to the pinnacle of college football, winning national championships, going to the playoff virtually every year. That became the focal point, and yet he was still putting out a competitive product, you know, year in, year out. And uh, you know, I, I do think it is fair to say he is underrated in the in the conference and even nationally. If he was at a program that had more money had more of a vested interest in basketball, I think this is a guy that could build a winner and go to the second weekend of the tournament more often than not. But he hasn't left for a bigger job, and I think you've got to give him credit for that because uh, he, he stayed true to Clemson um, at a time where many Clemson fans have wanted to run him off. But I think he's proven over the last couple of years he's a good basketball coach, um, and as long as he's on the sidelines – He's going to field a competitive basketball team. Now let's move away to just some general, you know, Carolina topics. And, you know, we, we've lamented the, the rebounding struggles at times for this group. And Huber was asked if after the rebounding efforts against UConn, Kentucky, and Oklahoma, if he was mad at his team, and here was his, here was his response. I wasn't necessarily mad at them. I I just you know, and it wasn't just after those three games. It's been the start of the season. I just have said that for us to be the best team that we can possibly become, we have to be a good rebounding team. There's just no way around it. And so, um, you know, we talk a lot about what is your job and what is your responsibility, and whether it's on the offensive end, three, four, and five, always attacking the offensive glass and defensively boxing out. I think all those things are effort plays, toughness plays, a willingness and a want to to be able to do it. And so whether it's doing extra running in practice or taking away playing time, um, whatever it is, it's very important to us. And I told them after the pit game, I said, you guys ruined it because you showed me you could do it. And so now it wasn't me telling you that this is very important to us. You guys clearly can do this against a Pittsburgh team that 
currently right now is the best rebounding team in our conference. And so that's something that I expect for them to do every game. Yeah, I think Matt's too strong of a word. I think disappointed was maybe the the, the best word to to maybe ask him, and that would have been more fair. Because um, I think that's what we all were. I don't think we were mad. I mean, I looked at it and said, I just don't think this roster is equipped to rebound the ball the way that we're used to. And then they go and grab 51 of those suckers against Pittsburgh the other night. So they they, they can't rebound out of a way that we're used to seeing them. It's just going to look a little bit different. But, you know, that's also why I, I came away encouraged after the losses against UConn and Kentucky. As much as I want to win those big games – um, and Carolina's done that, you know, beating an undefeated Oklahoma team, winning a game there night at Pittsburgh against a team that was desperate. Like I said, guys, they, they, they didn't play well and they didn't rebound well, and they were there. And it was if you clean up that area, you know, these results are going to look different. And I think you saw that um, the other night against Pittsburgh because it wasn't like Carolina shot it great. It wasn't like they turned Pittsburgh over enough. You know, they just grabbed more misses than they did. And it really was the difference in the ballgame. Um, and I think it's something that for this team, um, you know, I, I think when you had the two layoffs that you had, you get a chance to look at the film and really evaluate it more and more. You figure out that if you go get those loose balls, how, how those possessions change, it makes it easier for them to go out there and bust their butts to get those loose balls, and that's why I'm not surprised. Uh, do I think Carolina is going to be the best rebounding team in the league? No, I don't. But do I think the, will they be good enough to impact the game on a nightly basis and and flip the you know turn the scales in their favors to win the game? Yes, I do. Um, and then hopefully we see that on display against Clemson on Saturday afternoon. Another thing they've done a really good job is limit second chance points. When they've given up offensive rebounds, and Hubert Davis talked about maybe why that was. Well, I, you know, I think in, in some sense from the Oklahoma game, I think we've played bigger. You know, I think, you know, with in the Oklahoma game, Zayden got double-figure minutes. Um, uh, Jay Witt's been in there more. Um, the last couple games, we've had Armando and Jalen Washington in the game at the same time. So I think... You know, I think it's as simple as maybe a little bit that we, we've 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 used more of a bigger lineup, and so I can box out Hall and Armando can box out Hall. We can do the same thing, but Armando's pretty taller than me, so he can probably get the rebound more than I can. And so I just think, you know, maybe um, having a bigger lineup has put us in a better position to rebound better. Yeah, I mean, look, size matters. Um, you know, whether you want to use that in an inappropriate term or, or in, a, in a basketball term, size matters. And one of the things that Carolina was running into was, you know, they weren't getting defensive rebounds because they weren't long enough. They weren't big enough. They weren't athletic enough. Well, it's also why you give up second chance points. Because now those bigger, longer, stronger guys are getting second-chance points against smaller guys. And you put some more length out there on the court, and it's amazing how even if you're giving up offensive rebounds, maybe you're not getting scored on as easily because you're able to contest and alter shots. And 
I think it's something that you got to credit Huber Davis to be a little bit more flexible in the way he wants to play, but you also got to credit the players uh, for not giving up and holding their heads when they get beat to an offensive rebound. They've done a much better job getting in their stance and getting ready to guard somebody. Um, and, and that's that's been a big part of their success as well. And I think you can expect to see more lineups with Jalen Washington on the on the floor on the floor with Armando Baycott. We know Zayden High I think is gonna get burned more often than not. And you're gonna see some lines with Jalen Withers and other guys on the court that just gives Carolina more size, more length, more versatility to impact the game from a defensive and a rebounding standpoint. The last thing um, that we're going to touch on here is the growth of Seth Trimble. Because Sheever Davis was asked about that. And here's what he had to say about the growth of his second-year guard. He's always, you know, because of his athleticism and strength, he, he's a gifted defensive player. So he can guard multiple people. He can rebound. Um, I think not only, it, it, you know, he's, you know, proved his outside jump shot, but I think also consistency. It's, you know, one of the things that he talks about all the time is stacking days, and he does that at practice, and he's doing that in games. And so um, coming off the bench, just having his ability to make impact plays continuously on both ends of the floor has just really been huge for us, and I'm really happy and really proud of him. You know, Coach Smith always said that a player improves the most between their freshman and sophomore seasons. You're seeing that directly with Seth Trimble, a guy that is this team's best perimeter defender, uh, but is, is another ball handler for this team. It's proven that he can score the ball in a variety of different ways, putting the ball on the floor, um, the mid-range, and then, you know, he get a uh, buzzer-beating, clock-beating three the other night at Pittsburgh. He's even proven that he can take the perimeter shots as well, and um, all that is is going to be good because this team is is gonna is gonna need that, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him grow and watch him develop because it it proves that this staff can develop talent uh, when the guys are putting in the work. And Carolina needed him to take a step, and they're going to need him to continue to take a step as the season moves along uh, for this team to become the best version of itself. And so. I um, you know, really just want to, you know, give uh, give Seth Trimble a pat on the back, and, and really give him some individual praise because, you know, but as, as limited as he was used last year, you just didn't know what you had in him, and he's proven this year that you have a guy that, when he's on the court, you feel comfortable and confident he's going to be there to help you win games as opposed to be the reason why you lose games. Well, with that, guys, that's going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Of course, when we go through these pressers, they're a little bit shorter, uh, but uh, still, I think it's quality content, uh, a good chance for for you to hear some audio from Hubert Davis without having to go and listen to a 16-minute press conference in full form, get some of my opinions, um, and just another great way for us to Continue to cover the team the way that you want and expect this team to be covered. In the meantime, 
We are going to encourage you guys to visit the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com where, um, you know, there's a game preview of the game already posted up there. Of course, I'll have you covered in the post game with the recap of the game shortly after the final horn. Football, big news. On Friday, Mac Brown has hired his defensive coordinator. Anthony has you covered on everything revolving the hire of Jeff Collins. Um, given my want, you know, the schedule of me doing this this podcast presser, he did a solo edition of the Heel Tough Block podcast as well, breaking down the hire. So go and check that out as we'll continue to cover the football team. Um, you know, it's going to take a back seat, and rightfully so. It's basketball season. Um, it's the most important time of the year. We're going to cover this team as closely as we have ever before. But as much news that does trickle out of the football program, we'll have you covered on HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I do want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!